Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our, Our teaching team, team is made up of men and women, women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion. To which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to, to expand, expand in faith, faith hope, and hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because, because they, they anchor us in something, something which can, can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us. Everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. So this morning we read scripture from Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. After he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethpage and Bethany, as the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Just say this, The Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it to be as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus upon it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. The word of the Lord. Bob. Oh, I'm good. I got this Brittany mic. Oh, yeah, I can put it somewhere. Handle the technology for me? Yep, I got you. <laughs> you know, I'm feeling a bit like Kara this morning of the, like, what? It's Holy Week? Like, oh, geez, hold on. Can't walk and move a stand at the same time. Um, like, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm preaching this Sunday. I wonder what the text is going to be. And I look, and I'm like, oh, what? Palm Sunday? Already? Jeez. Okay. Raise your hand if Holy Week has just caught you by surprise this year. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, now let's see another show of hands. Uh, if you grew up on Palm Sunday parading around your sanctuary, waving a palm branch, and singing some song about Hosanna. <laughs> yep. Okay, and now leave your hand up if you ever got in trouble for starting a palm branch fight with one of your friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, Christians have some pretty crazy traditions around this time of year, of Easter and Holy Week. And for those who didn't grow up in church, and even those of us who did, we might be wondering, 
what even is Palm Sunday and why is it important? It, like, is it just a chance to make our kids feel really awkward waving those palm branches? Um, or to contribute to the mass deforestation of harvesting palm fronds from the other side of the world? That's a lighthearted discussion. But there's got to be more to it. It's got to be more than just the story we tell at the start of Holy Week. So, I thought we could play a fun little game this morning um, to honor the child in all of us and to step into the world of our story with our whole bodies. Um, so it's a little game I like to call Palm France what? Palm France what? So Dan, intern Dan, one of his intern responsibilities is doing anything I tell him to. <laughs> and nope, never. <laughs> so. Um, Dan's going to pass around these little ribbon things. I don't know if we have enough for everybody, so we'll start like one or two per unit. Um, but these are going to be our palm branches. We're just going to put on our ima imagination hats and pretend these are our palm branches. Um, and whenever you hear me say the word palm today during my sermon, wave your palm branch around. And we'll see who's listening and who is not. <laughs> just kidding. And, okay, folks at home or for those who don't get a ribbon. Um, what is this, what is this thing? Oh, this is the palm? Yep, that's right. Yeah, so if you don't have a green thing or whatever, you can just wave your hand palm or your palm palm or find something leafy and green at home. Uh, maybe like lettuce or something. So we are gonna do a practice one, ready? Oh, hey, look. There's Jesus. I'm so excited. I'm going to wave my palm. Yay. Hi, Jesus. Thanks for playing along, everybody. <laughs> oh, who knew the Bible could be so much fun? Okay, so Palm Sunday. Jesus, see you guys. I even have it in my notes, and I forgot already. Thank you. <laughs> palm Sunday. Jesus and his friends finally arrive at Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. But instead of just walking through the gates like a normal person would, Jesus rides on a baby donkey and everyone just loses their mind. They're going crazy. So this is a very normal story, right? It's kind of like if Joe Biden rode up to his inauguration on a unicycle. Or like if Tim Walls wore wheelies to his first day of governoring and just kind of rolled up. Like it has those notes of politicalness and silliness and there's so much in the story. And it's just amazing. And so like with all stories, um, it can become so familiar the more times that we hear it. And we forget how spunky and brazen and wonderful this moment of Palm Sunday is. <laughs> so one of the things I like to do when I read scripture, no matter how many times I've heard it, is to ask questions. Yay, questions. And I don't mean just like one or two questions. I mean like all the questions. Sometimes they're the like really deep and fancy questions, but most of the time they're just the silly questions. Like, why is it called the Mount of Olives? Does it really have olive trees? Do olives even grow on trees? Did Jesus need help getting on the colt? Did the donkey ever stop and go to the bathroom on someone's cloak on the road? And how would you even get that stain out? 
And what I love about the asking questions and asking these silly questions, which really aren't that silly, is that it actually helps engage my imagination with the world of the text. It helps me wonder about the sights, sounds, smells, textures, and tastes of this world. Right now, our kids are in the narthex with Will, reading a paraphrase of Palm Sunday. So I thought it would be fun that we could read the same thing. Colored by, this one is colored by Freya and by Cassandwich, Cassandra Branfold. No, DeBoer, sorry. Ugh. Um, so I'm gonna read this aloud like a storybook. And as you listen, put on your curious thinking hats and just think and embrace the silly questions that come to your brain. All right, and it's only four pages, look at that. Okay, every year, Jesus and the disciples traveled to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, but this year was different. Instead of celebration, Jesus knew he was stepping into sorrow. So he wanted to use this opportunity to show people God's realm of peace. Before entering the city, Jesus told two of the disciples to walk to a nearby village and bring back a baby donkey. If anyone tries to stop you, Jesus said, just tell them God needs to borrow it. When the disciples came back with the baby donkey, Jesus sat down and rode it up to Jerusalem. News traveled fast that the man in the colt was Jesus from Nazareth, the rabbi who performed many miracles and said he was the son of God. Crowds of people ran to the city gates. Some were curious, some were furious, and some exploded with excitement as they threw down their cloaks and danced with palm branches, crying out, blessed is this king who was sent by God. Hmm. So now, I'll play time. As you hear that retelling, and even as you read the text again in your liturgy, what questions spark in your brain, in your heart, in your spirit, in your imagination? Shout them out. Oh, I have my phone for the Zoomers. Hold on. Right? Yeah, why didn't the... <laughs> yeah, like can you imagine, in the text it seems pretty simple, like, Oh, the Lord needs it. Okay, cool. But like, was it that smooth and simple? Were they like, hey, kids, get off my lawn. Um, let's see, what other questions do you have? <gasps> yeah, Cassandra says, why is it a baby donkey? Why not just like a regular donkey? Great question. What? Yes, Jason. You're getting ahead of me, but that is the question. Why a donkey? It could have been anything at all. It could have been a horse. <gasps> Ivor. Yeah, like why did he even ride a donkey at all? He could have just walked like a normal person and then there wouldn't have even been maybe a kerfuffle or people to try and stop his disciples from taking the colt. Yeah. These are all such fun questions to wonder about. <clears throat> Hold on. 
Um, so as I was preparing for my sermon this week, my beautiful neurodiverse, neurodiverse brain got stuck on this donkey. Jason, I'm right there with you with the donkey. And I'm like, brain, it's Palm Sunday, and there's a lot going on in this portion of scripture. And maybe we could focus on something else, like the fear of the religious leaders that this protest parade would get them all in trouble with the Roman Empire. But no. My brain was like, what about that donkey? So I leaned into it, and I was like, okay, why a donkey? Why not a horse or a camel or just walk? And why does Luke and Matthew and Mark spend over half of the Palm Sunday narrative talking about this donkey? Like, did you notice it? There's more words devoted to the donkey and the acquiring of said donkey than of the triumphal entry itself. So what is Jesus doing here? What is he doing with this donkey? So let's zoom out a little bit and first look at the historical, social, political, religious context of this story, because it is rich. And I could spend like hours upon hours talking about it, and I won't, so I'll try and do it in a paragraph or two. But if ever you're curious, love to talk, you could go to Dan's Bible class probably in a couple weeks, he'll get to the New Testament. Um, because Jesus's triumphal entrance to Jerusalem Right, that's what we call it. In this, Jesus is making a parody of the Greco-Roman and Jewish traditions of an entrance procession, because an entrance procession was a thing that they often did. It was when a political or military leader has a big parade as they enter into the gates of a city, celebrating their power, their dominance, their victory, and their greatness. And they're surrounded by soldiers as they march into the city. And the crowds of people, whether they want to or not, are supposed to welcome and celebrate them and be happy and shower them with songs and speeches and temple sacrifices. These imperial processions, both in the Greco-Roman tradition and the Jewish tradition, were designed to blast authority and strike fear into the people to ensure their submission. Yikes. And one of the many ways that a leader would accomplish this would to be to riding on a donkey? No, a horse, right? Because at that time, a horse was a war machine. It was like riding in on a tank or something. They were huge, they were fast, they were domineering and powerful. But a donkey? Is it any of those things? No. So what kind of leader enters a city riding on the back of a donkey? Hmm, that is a great question. What kind of leader is Jesus that he chose to enter Jerusalem, the religious and political capital of the Jewish people, riding on the back of a donkey? And maybe not even riding on it because I don't think it's physically possible for a grown man to sit on a baby donkey and ride it. So who knows how that part actually happened. But let's think about that for a second. What does this teach us about the kind of leader Jesus is? Because a donkey, compared to a horse, donkey is a bold choice. 
In Jewish history, it's a royal animal. It has carried representatives of God's reign, like King Solomon or Moses' family as they traveled back to Egypt to proclaim liberation. It's also a common animal, a beast of burden, protected by the laws of Sabbath because it was used for grueling long work. It's not fast or domineering like a horse, and it was never used in battle. So here's our next all-play question. Why a donkey? What might Jesus want to teach us about what kind of leader God is and what God's kingdom or realm looks like? Hmm. Go ahead, Bob. Hmm. Yeah, that's good, Bob. Yeah. So let me try and tell back all you said. That God, Jesus, love are all rebels. They are rebellious. They go against the empires of war and violence and injustice, oppression. And this young donkey and this young man who is God in flesh walking into the storminess of that and declaring that there's a new beginning and a new realm or kingdom coming. Very good. Ooh, yes. Nate said that God constantly uses the lowly and the humble and those who are seen as weak to carry the weight of, what? <laughs> the strength of the world or to be strong and to carry in and usher in the new beginnings. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah. We often see images of Mary riding a donkey to Bethlehem and kind of coming full circle as he was carried on a donkey into life and now rides a donkey into death. That's good. It did. It fulfilled the prophecy. Well, Zechariah was like, hey, the Messianic Savior is going to come and ride on a donkey. So, yeah. Yeah, Jane. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Jane said that she likes that it's like the, the baby donkey. And that reveals how God is nurturing and takes care of the kids. <laughs> and for those who are like vulnerable. Yes, Ivor. That's so true. Ivor is pointing out how he's already ridden on a donkey. Because if Mary rode on the donkey, he was inside his mother. Yes, I love that. I wonder how many times Jesus ever rode on a donkey in his life. Like if it was just these two times or even more than that. Yeah. Yeah, the Gospels don't tell us every single thing that Jesus did throughout his whole 30, 33 years in a human body on earth. So there's a lot that they left out. So maybe he did ride it more than twice. That's really cool to think about. Um, oh, did someone have something else? No? All right. Um, I love this, and I love exploring and wondering and being curious together because we all see this gem of Scripture from a different angle. And I think what all these are getting at is that God is a different kind of leader, and God's realm is a different way of life. 
Jesus enters into Jerusalem on a donkey to announce the arrival of God's realm of peace. It's not based on violence, oppression, or exploitation. Instead, it's merciful, inclusive, and life-giving. And this leader, Jesus, doesn't flaunt his wealth, his power, or his thick muscles. No. He heals the sick. And he empowers those in need and disrupts the systems of oppression all around him. And yeah, I guess many of the people welcome and celebrate this King Jesus on this Palm Sunday. But does it stay that way? Will we still be waving our palms five days from now? Hmm. So why is this story important? Why do we retell this story every year? Perhaps because it reminds us that God is not like Rome. In fact, God seems to be the very opposite of empire. Maybe it's because it reminds us that God's not a superhero or military victor. God doesn't just vanquish the bad guys and then separate herself from us. She leads and serves with love and humility. And maybe it's because of the donkey. The story reminds us that establishing God's realm of peace is slow, important work that moves at the pace of a donkey's saunter, and not the horse's swift gallop. So those who want to can walk, all of us together with God, and to move at the pace which God moves. And as old Eugene Peterson says, to practice that long obedience together in the same direction. What I love about this story and about Holy Week is that it welcomes all of our emotions and questions. It reveals that God's realm does not demand us to be submissive and to be happy if we don't want to be. Instead, it invites us to show up as ourselves. We can wave our palms and welcome the realm of peace. We can reject it and move to a different city. We can be curious and ask questions. We can be annoyed that the parade made us late for work. We can be hopeful, exhausted, cynical, afraid of what might happen if we join in the protest. There is room for all of it, and there is room for us all. Endings are a place where life is remade. Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any, any questions, questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscov.org.